This is Kaya Biz with Wuletun Fupi on Kaya 959. Last, Alan Gray helping you secure your future. Alan Gray is an authorized financial services provider. I'm caught up in my excitement because last week we spoke to you about all things to do with inflation, right? And we discussed it as though it's that Pac-Man, right? The game that eats away at the cost of things uh, and thus makes it so much more difficult um, in order to afford things, which is a trend we've seen of rising inflation previously. Inflation has debated slightly, but globally because uh, the world went from a place where it was in lockdown and there wasn't any demand and now the world's opening up and there's an uptick in demand, there are concerns that inflation will pick up quite quickly. And that results into interest. There's a symbiotic relationship between the two. Interest is used as a tool to actually manage inflation. Just to keep it in line, should it spike up too quickly or decrease too quickly, then central banks the world over use interest rates as a tool to manage that. But what does the world of interest rates look like and the outlook for the moment, uh, given the kind of global climate that we're in? And also bearing in mind that interest rate is a double-edged sword, right? It's good for you if you happen to be someone in debt, because the lower the interest, then the less um, 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 uh, additional payments you'll make on your expenses and your debt. But if you happen to be a saver, if the interest is low, then you're not really growing your money as quickly as what you can. So a double-edged sword in terms of high interest rates versus low interest rates and what they mean for you and I as people who are saving for their children's education or month-to-month savings. So in the South African context of things, currently the repo rate stands at 3.5% the lowest that we've seen in our country's history. But we know the South African Reserve Bank does have bi-monthly meetings through the Monetary Policy Committee where they've been suggesting that they might increase rates or actually keep them stable. But where to from here and what does it mean for us and our investment portfolios? To help us understand this better, we join on the line by Portfolio Manager at Alan Gray, Thalia Petoitis. Thalia, welcome to the show. I don't think I've pronounced your surname very well. If you could help me with that, Patoises. It's, it's actually Patusi, but that's close enough. Ah, there we go. See, I was yeah. reading it phonetically. Patusi, <laughs> thank you so much for that, Thalia. Um, appreciate the guidance there. Let's start off essentially with the explanation that I've shared around interest rates as well as um, the, the, the stance of the Monetary Policy Committee at the moment who've kept rates on hold. We know that this is quite significant, but tell us why. Okay, well, um, essentially the Monetary Policy Committee, they last met in March. Um, and at that meeting, what we saw is we saw them vote to keep rates on hold. But why it was unusual is because in their last three consecutive meetings prior to that, the committee members were all quite divided on whether or not to cut rates further. But at the March meeting, what was different is that they voted in unison to keep rates on hold. So what this likely signifies is their group sentiment that we are now at the bottom of the interest rate cycle. There is no room to go any lower. No reason to go any lower. That sounds like good news for someone like myself who has a home loan and a credit card to pay off. But might be bad news for someone like my mom who is uh, an active and key saver, uh, constantly uh, looking for a benefit of higher interest rates. Yeah, well, for somebody like your mom, um, I mean, the next move will need to be higher. Um, as you said, you know, at the start of the show, we are at you know, historical lows in terms of the South African repo rate. And something that the Reserve Bank does keep in mind is, okay, so they have to constantly weigh up, you know, the indebted SA consumer in a post-COVID world against the potential threat of rising inflation. 
uh, which she also spoke to. Now, right now, South Africa's inflation is really at multi-year lows. It's at 3.2%, okay? But certainly the impact of rising oil, rising petrol, and higher electricity prices should mean that we see a spike higher in the near term. So our reserve bank cannot risk lowering interest rates even further into such a scenario mm. as this would then feed the move in inflation even higher. And I, I mean, in the developed world, in the U.S., uh, we saw them come out with an inflation print last week of 4.2%, yes. which is actually very high by developed market standards. And tell us why, um, right? Because there's, a, there's something that they call the base base factor or baseline, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, you mentioned that in the intro as well, and that was 100% correct. It's sort of base effects because last year was yes. such a subdued year for economic activity. And now with all of the pent up, you know, consumer demand, you know, cash is being spent. I mean, also keep in mind, the U.S. has been printing billions of dollars to finance all of their COVID relief packages. And now what this has done is it's put cash in the pockets of consumers to spend. So this aids the U.S. recovery, but it also feeds their inflation. Very, very true. And I think that, that that does set the context as to why it is that the Reserve Bank does watch uh, foreign investors and foreign markets because we really do also take a, a large element of our cues from the international community. But tell us why the focus on foreign investors primarily um, and, and why that might be a focus for the MPC. Okay. Um, so, so the Reserve Bank, I think they, they watch foreign investor behavior very carefully because, you know, we as a country, we have a deficit that we need to fund. And if foreigners come in and if they invest in our assets, you know, that helps us. It, it provides us with that funding. And generally in bonds and in money markets, foreign investors want to see stability of inflation to invest. Okay, and they also want to earn a positive real rate of return. So, you know, the SA repo rate to 3.5%, contrasted against our inflation of 3.2%, might not look too compelling to them. Mm. And certainly not against some other emerging markets, which have higher overnight rates. But, uh, I mean, that being said, you know, our long-dated fixed income bonds are still offering very high yields for foreigners. They're offering close to 11%, you know, if you go and buy a South African long bond. And then also, if you think about a foreign investor, you know, investing in RAND, the RAND has actually been the best performing emerging market currency this year. Mm. I mean, in the last year, yeah, year on year, out of today, the RAND has gained 30%. Okay, granted, last year was a very weak year for the RAND, but still, I'll take it. You know, and a lot of this is because our commodity exports are doing so well. The price of platinum has been rising. Mm. So there's certainly been good opportunities here for foreign investors to make returns. But the Reserve Bank is going to be watching inflation very closely because that is one of the things that foreigners care about. Mm-hmm. And I think just a gentle reminder, Thalia, for, 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 for many of us, when we talk about foreign investors, we often think, okay, there must be someone in um, New York pressing a computer and clicking buttons to actually put money in and out of South Africa. And after hearing the updates from ratings agencies and knowing that we're below investment grade, it almost sounds like um, a, a contrast, right, to that how are investors still choosing to put their money in South Africa's bond markets, even though we've been uh, downgraded mm-hmm to sub-investment grade. Uh, share with us a reminder as to um, um, the different kinds of investors who might still find South Africa attractive despite yeah. what ratings agencies might say. 
Okay, well, certainly, you know, the move to sub-investment grade means we're excluded from certain foreigners' lives. You know, some foreigners, they have specific investment mandates where they don't want to look at lower-rated credits. But, you know, we still remain out debt, our South African government bonds still remain in, in many bond indices, for example, the JP Morgan Emerging Market Bond Index, you know, where there are various other emerging markets in that index who are also rated some investment grade, you know, for example, Brazil. Um, and, and one thing for foreigners is they'll always weigh up, you know, what is the risk they're taking? And there, yes, they may look at our rating against what is the yield that they can earn? What's the return that they can earn? And as I mentioned on a South African government bond, you know, in a long bond, they can earn close to 11% yield. That, that's, a, you know, your annual yield. And then take into account that the RAND has also been performing quite well. And maybe it starts to look compelling for them. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very point there. And I'm glad that you've given us that context just to understand the dynamics of uh, why investors would still be keen on our local bonds, in our local bonds, despite um, what ratings agencies say. Uh, Thalia, I'd like to bring it closer to home now and maybe going back to that example, comparing my investment strategy versus that of my mom's. Um, I still have more debt than what my mother does. And um, she is a pensioner who's very keen on saving and actually drawing uh, a salary from her pension savings. So what does the interest rate outlook mean for the both of us? And, and where do we stand with the, the outlook of the MPC? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's good that you raise the issue of you versus your mother because that's exactly what the Reserve Bank thinks about when they set interest rates. You know, they have this playoff. You know, and and as you've you've mentioned, you know, low rates they're really a lifeline for people taking on debt, mm-hmm. struggling with uh, mortgage repayments. But, but I'm always hearing from our investors or from net savers in the economy, or those like your mother living off a pension fund in sort of a fixed rate money market style product, that you know it's been very negative for their impact, uh, their income prospects, because essentially with low interest rates they're earning a lower rate of return. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, in time that will gradually rise again. So so the Reserve Bank is sort of penciling in potentially for interest rates to be back at somewhere around 6% overnight by end of 2023. That is just a forecast. You know, that's just a model forecast. It may not land there. Um, But but certainly, you know, it appears that we are at the bottom now. Um, So possibly more positive for you. I'm sorry, more positive for your mother and slightly less positive for you. Um, but, But, you know, you've still got some time to enjoy these low rates. So, yeah. Very interesting dynamics, Thalia. You've really helped us uh, to understand the context, understand the outlook. And uh, we know that we uh, unfortunately don't have uh, a crystal ball to actually see into the future and uh, um, see the, the decisions that will be take, taken. But at least now, whatever decision is taken, we have a clearer understanding as to the impact on consumers, the impact on the economy and the view of uh, international investors. Thank you so much for your time this evening. I really appreciate uh, your insight. That's uh, Thalia Petusi. She's a portfolio manager at Allen Gray, who's joined us this evening to uh, help us understand the outlook for interest rates, even though they are at an all-time low in South Africa, with the repo rate currently at 3.5%. Helping you secure your future was brought to you by Allen Gray. Allen Gray is an authorized financial services provider.